Hello, human being. Is your mind bored? Do you think about the same things every day? Then listen to The End of the World with Josh Clark, a 10-part podcast series that explores whether humans will survive the next 100 years. It takes you to amazing places, from a black hole as it grows inside the Earth, to the far future where we've shed our bodies and uploaded ourselves onto servers. It's an adventure for your mind. All 10 episodes of The End of the World are ready to binge now for free on the iHeartRadio app. For Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan, presented by Greenbelt Premium and Devonis, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is brought to you by Fanball.com, Town Hall Family, Greater Twin Cities Honda Dealers, Joe Sensors. Hudson Ford, and by Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball.com, Scott Fish, Matt Harrison, and Brian Johnson, here's the fans, Paul Charchian. It is the Fantasy Football Playoffs, and we are here to get you a win, get you to the second round. Hopefully some of you have got a bye week, and it doesn't even matter. You're just listening to see if you can... Have a great game when it doesn't matter. Paul Charchi in here, my co-host today, Scott Fish and Matt Harrison. Hello, guys. Hey, how's it going? Good, Good. morning. Uh, it's going great, as a matter of fact, uh, because it's the playoffs. It's win and in. Not win and in. It's, it's, it's in. win and win and continue. Yeah. Did you make it in the Charch League? Number one seed. What? You don't want to brag or anything? I don't want to brag, but uh, I, I don't some know if of there's us... like some sort of bird noise that we could play for something like that. But uh, um, I know yeah, you probably not, have to pull it up. I, I, about... I pull it up, not pull it up. That's good. That's actually yeah, quite good. I, I, I've been really practicing um, at home. You know, I, 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 as a rule, I don't talk about my teams, and we don't talk <laughs> about our own teams here. Um, but. I followed my own preseason advice. I, I banked heavily on Chiefs, um, and you know, I just I loved Saquon Barkley. He was my number two ranked running back in the preseason. You don't always get the one seed in the Charge League, so uh, you no. can you can uh, revel no. in this one a little. Yeah, bit. Uh, so I feel good about it. But there's no bye week in the Charge League. Oh my Ooh. gosh! And so I got to play this week, and my Chiefs have got the have got the tough matchup with the Ravens. So. Uh, there's, I could very well be bounced in this one. Speaking of teams that are getting bounced, one seed's getting bounced. You know who's going to bounce them? It's Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry yeah, is wait. on is on these bottom. <laughs> Derrick Henry's on these bottom seeded teams. Mostly they didn't get in, right? Mostly yeah. they didn't get in with Henry. But if you did get in, you're a six seed or an eight seed, right? And you're in, and you're starting Henry. It's it's not a lot of them, but it's that's the scenario where it happens, and those guys are going up against one seeds. It's gonna. There's gonna be some Derrick Henry bouncing. I I don't think anybody had Derrick Henry in their lineup. In fact, I looked it up on Fanball for our Thursday through Monday slate. One person. Wow. Had Derrick One Henry person in had Henry. Lineup. But that's DFS. That's, that's D- different that's, that's than DFS, this. So. But how many people were a in the playoffs? Yeah. And B had nothing else that they could play but Derrick Henry going up against a Jaguars defense that. Was really really good and gave up zero points last week. Yeah, there, there, it, it, there's no reason. It was totally in inexplicable, right but you had you should have played Derrick no, Henry at all. It, it was it was a sheer desperation play if anybody did play him. But I asked for screenshots on Twitter at Paul Charchian. Lots I got lots mm-hmm. of screenshots of people proving that you know showing me the live scoring that proves they had him. Yep. So Derrick Henry was out there. 
I know I'm tempted to talk about what to do if you went against him, but mostly people didn't. And, you know, I think you already know the answer to that to some degree anyway. You're, you're high-risk, high-reward players. Pour one out for a good season, really. Yeah, right. You're, you're, prob- <laughs> you're almost certainly cooked. If you can come back, if you can, if you can beat Derrick Henry, that would be awfully impressive. One to remember. All right, let's uh, let's dive into uh, let's dive into the show. You know the bit. We're still continuing with take a chance on me because there are still, even though it's the playoffs, there's still people that have to find help, especially at the running back position with everything that's happened. Uh, we'll still have three hot questions. We'll still have lightning round. We're going to break down 15 different matchups, beginning with what should be an epically high scoring game. Atlanta at Green Bay. Scott, I see a ton of points coming in this one, and I think the I think the Packers are going to uh, going to right the ship a little bit here. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. Especially especially because that Atlanta team is really bad against quarterbacks. I think they're second worst on the season. But I'm going to start with the Atlanta side. Uh, Matt Ryan's been pretty streaky as of late, but he did face like New Orleans and or New Orleans, Dallas, and uh, I think the other one was Baltimore. Baltimore and Dallas have been pretty tough there recently. So um, he has 300 plus in five out of his last seven. His touchdowns all over the map, as I was kind of mentioning. But the Pack, uh, they've allowed multiple touchdown passes to nearly every decent right. quarterback this year. Right. So I like this a lot from Ryan. And you mentioned the high scoring aspect. I, I just want to touch on that. Uh, the line was originally 48. It's already up to 50 and a half. Yep, there you go. <laughs> it's it's moving on up. Yep. So Julio is an obvious A for me. The last two times he faced the Packers were just giant 200-plus and 180-yard games, touchdowns in both, uh, nine catches, 11 catches, just huge games. So obvious A there. Ridley's kind of a dart throw for me. He's, man, si- since his early season explosion, he's only top, scored twice and only top 50 yards twice in those two games. Uh, where he hit 50-plus and scored. It took nine targets and 13 targets. I don't know that he gets that in this one, but no. he's kind of a dart throw because it could be a really high-scoring affair. Mm-hmm. I A very soft C-grade on him. Uh, C-grade on Hooper. Uh, 29 targets over the last four games is promising. Uh, it's resulted in two scores, but he's averaging less than 40 yards in those games, so a little bit of PPR upside. Every tight end with seven or more targets against the Packers had 60-plus yards. I don't know that he gets I, to seven targets, that, though. Yeah. Not Hooper. I had him with a soft C grade. Uh, I don't love him in this one, but I could be persuaded to a bench grade, honestly. But, yeah, tight ends the way they are this year, I give him a C grade. I have Coleman and Ito on the bench, even in a high-scoring affair. Uh, Tevin Coleman has had four yards per carry or less in 10 games this year. Oh, how about this? Which, the last two weeks, 14 carries for yeah, 14 yards. And I was going to mention Coleman. that. Seems and, like about 1.0 yards per carry. Your your math skills are uncanny. Right. And, I didn't even use my calculator. Hey, can you try this one? Okay. Edo Smith over the last two games, 11 carries for 22 yards. Ooh. Wait, that wait. That seems like twice as good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, carry the one, <laughs> subtract. Where did you get that abacus so fast? 1.9. Oh, you were so close. <laughs> oh, and darn it. Ito's only averaging 3.2 yards per carry on the season. I I don't like them much at all. I think this is going to be a full passing game. So I, they split just enough for me to bench both. On the other sides, I got a lot of A grades here. I I almost want to say Rodgers, Adams, and Aaron Jones are so obvious. I don't need to mention them. You kind of don't. I'm, I'm just going to say the Falcons are second worst against fantasy quarterbacks this year. Uh, I think that with McCarthy gone, they might want on Rodgers might want to unload a bit. Uh, Aaron Jones, he's been so good. Scored in four straight games mm-hmm. with six touchdowns in those games. Love him this week. Devonta Adams, I mean, it, 
yeah, those are all A grades. I'm, I don't even want to waste my time on our nope. time on that. So Jimmy Graham, I'm giving a C grade here. Uh, we had concern when he broke his thumb. He had a kind of a mat outing against the Vikings. Uh, but last week he reeled in eight of 11 targets. Uh, Atlanta has allowed 50 plus to tight ends in three of the last five. I think, I think this is what Graham does this week, especially in a high scoring affair. I gave him a C grade. I've got uh, Aaron Jones at running back four, Devonte Adams at wide receiver three, yeah, and and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback three. So yeah. you know, I'm fully in I, on all those guys. I spent like thirty seconds on them, and that was almost too much. That was almost too much. I think they're auto starts. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go to another guy who's normally an auto start, Andrew Luck, but got shut out last week, and now he gets a good Houston secondary. Do you like Andrew Luck going up against Houston, Matt? Oh, it's me with the Andrew Luck matchup. Hi, how's it going? Uh, yeah, funny. <laughs> I, no, it's always you. Charge, guess what grade I gave Andrew Luck this week? Um, bench. I gave him an A grade. What? Yep. <laughs> you, you and I are never, <laughs> ever on the same page with Andrew Luck. In week four, Andrew Luck had 464 yards and four touchdown passes against the Texans' defense. Since then, the Texans have faced... Maybe the best group of quarterbacks ever. Dak Prescott, Nathan Peterman, Blake Bortles, Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, and then they broke Alex Smith's leg. And then, that was mean. after breaking Alex Smith's leg, right. they gave up 303-2 to Marcus Mariota mm-hmm. and 397-1 and to Baker Mayfield. All right. Andrew Luck is going to have a good game. He's right. back to an A start. He's no. going to get right back on it. Okay. Yeah, he's he, no problem. You kind of you sold me a little bit. I've, okay. I've I have him ranked 12 at the quarterback position. I've got a B grade that's on him. That's a QB1, right. though. That's a QB1. All right. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, I'm giving a B grade, too. He's topped 77 yards in four straight and has three games of 115 yards or more in his last four meetings with the Texans mm-hmm. with three touchdowns to go along with that. A shoulder injury had him miss practice most of the week. He is a game-time decision, but he did practice on Friday. So I think Hilton's going to go. Uh, Eric Ebron, he gets an A grade. He was sick earlier in the week, and he missed some practice time. He had 16 targets last week, and it's one of those rare occurrences when two players are splitting a position and one goes down that the other player actually gets all of the work. Yeah. Eric Ebron's getting everything that Jack Doyle had, and Houston is awful versus the tight end. Bottom eight rankings in receptions, yards, and scores to the tight end. Mm. Love Ebron this week. I do a lot. Uh, running games on the bench, though. Mack only had eight carries. Hines had uh, four last week against the Jags, and that was a Jags team that just got torched by Derrick Henry, right? They couldn't get it going? Right. I mean, Derrick Henry can. Uh, so the 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 Colts are on the bench for the running game. Over on the Texans side, Lamar Miller, he gets a C grade. The Colts haven't allowed a running back to top 81 yards since week five. That's seven games. And in those seven games, only two running backs have scored on the ground. And Miller had an underwhelming 49 yards in the first meeting on 15 carries. Deshaun Watson's getting a B grade. He had his first 30 passing attempt outing since week five. Church is probably excited about that. Yeah. Uh, And the Colts, guess what? They faced a very similar schedule of quarterbacks. That's why they look good. It's ridiculous. Kessler, Tannehill, Gabbert, Bortles, Carr, Derek Anderson and Sam Darnold are the last seven they faced. You can't. If I asked you to put such string together the seven worst opposing quarterbacks in the NFL, you'd have the last seven teams the Colts have faced. The AFC South got all the bad quarterbacks they this did. year. So, uh, yeah, Watson had 375, two through the air, and one on the ground in the first meeting. So he's a B grade. DeAndre Hopkins, easy A. Last six games against the Colts, he's averaging 104 yards. However, Demarius Thomas and Kiki Cutie, I got them both on the bench. 
The Colts are top 10 in receptions, yards, and touchdowns allowed to the wide receiver position. Well, yeah, because they're facing Sam Darnold and playing Gabbard, and yeah. That's true. They've only allowed 132 yards in a score per game, and that's about what DeAndre Hopkins should get in this game. So there's not a lot to go around for the rest of the guys, so I'm leaving Thomas and Cutie on the bench. All right, final matchup of this, the opening segment, is uh, at one that should cause great consternation for Chiefs owners. It is the Ravens versus the Chiefs. Let's start on the Ravens' side. Lamar Jackson gets a B grade. Over the last three starts, he has scored the fourth most fantasy points among quarterbacks, despite the fact that Lamar Jackson has thrown one touchdown. That tells you the power of rushing when you are an extremely good rushing quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Um, one of these weeks, he's going to throw a couple of touchdowns and just post a monster game, and it could be this week, considering that seven there are seven touchdowns that the Chiefs defense has allowed over the last two weeks. So maybe Lamar Jackson throws two here, and he ends up doing what he always does on the ground, and then monster week coming. But I think he's safely a B grade, no matter what, because the rushing almost ensures 56 yards seems like an automatic and I don't know how he falls below a B grade unless he, they absolutely shut down the rushing. Fish and I were pondering who, which team might uh, equal Derrick Henry's 238 rushing yards this week. And as a ba- team. As a team. Yeah. And Baltimore was the one that uh, we, we kind of came to be, with Jackson and, and right. the Gus bus. Yeah, they could. Who is Gus? I'll take that as my transition. Yeah. Gus is a B grade, averaging 20 rushing attempts per game with Lamar Jackson in the lineup. Uh, he doesn't catch any passes, so he's not going to help you through the air, but it doesn't matter. Opposing backs have topped 85 rushing yards in five of the last six against the Chiefs. So if you figure Gus is going to go 85, maybe 100, then I'll give you another 100-plus at Lamar Jackson, then there's there's your Derrick Henry game. Yeah. Maybe that maybe it comes together there. But there's one other running back to start for the Ravens. There is. There is. Ty Montgomery. Oh, yeah. He posted five catches last week, and the Chiefs are allowing the most receiving yards to running backs the most receiving touchdowns to running backs, and the third most receptions to running backs. If only somebody would have told you to pick him up like two weeks weeks ago ago and like a prematurely speculatory kind of way. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was me. That was you, as a matter of fact. Everybody else in the passing game is on the bench. Brown, Crabtree, Sneed, all been a disaster under Lamar Jackson. Combined, they have scored. Combined, the three guys. (laughs) They have one touchdown in the last five weeks. So it's not even just Lamar Jackson. That's including a couple of games with Joe Flacco in there. Get this. None have topped 58 yards in five weeks either. If you had the ability to start all three Baltimore yeah. wide receivers as one player, yeah, they'd would, still would, suck. You, would, you, yeah. would you do it? They would. They, together, they'd have a C grade. <laughs> uh, let's go to the Kansas City side, and this is a, the area of consternation for fantasy owners. I still have an A grade on Patrick Mahomes. You're going to start Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. Flat out going to start yep. them, 100%. I totally get it. But let's just talk about what they're up against. Since Jimmy Smith's return from suspension way back in Week 5, the average quarterback line against the Ravens, 195 yards and 1.4 touchdowns. That's half of what we're used to getting from Patrick Mahomes in any given game. The Ravens' secondary doesn't have any glaring areas to exploit. They're solid every place. So I, I, I don't, you know... You still have to start Mahomes. Nobody be surprised if he had a three-touchdown game here and 300 yards, but that would be a total aberration against the Ravens. Let's go to the other uh, obvious place, Travis Kelsey, obvious A. The tight end defense, though, is the only real weakness for the, the Ravens' defense. They've given up five touchdowns in the last six games to tight ends. Kelsey's the safest play out of the uh, the big-name guys. Tyreek Hill, B-grade, 
This is an excellent Baltimore secondary that's only allowed four touchdowns to wide receivers since week two. Allow me to repeat that. Four touchdowns to wide receivers since week two for that's the 10 games. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek Hill runs from all over the field, but most commonly from the slot where he'll draw coverage from Ravens cornerback Brandon Carr, who's allowed at least 76 yards in two of his last four games, so there's an angle there. Uh, We'll give uh, Tyreek Hill a B grade here. Chris Conley will uh, likely get the start with uh, Watkins hurt, but it's a brutal matchup, and you're not going to go all the way down to Chris Conley here. Let's talk about Spencer Ware. I know everybody ran to the waiver wire to pick him up. He looked mundane. It was two weeks ago. He looked mundane last week, and then... He's got an elite Baltimore run defense here, allowing just 65 rushing yards per game, second lowest. They're giving up 3.4 yards per carry, also second lowest. Only one runner has topped 64 yards since week two against Baltimore. I really should have Ware on the bench, but I'm giving him a C grade just out of respect for the offense as a whole and the fact that he would likely get any goal line carries were any to become available. I It's a tough, tough matchup for Spencer yeah, Ware. It really is. So, look. Long short of it is, Chiefs powered you into the playoffs. There's no guarantee they that you're going to continue. You they could power you right out of the playoffs. <laughs> I believe we did have a question about that earlier in the season. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, we'll uh, take a break when we come back. Plenty more matchups to get to, including New England taking on Miami. Patriots inexplicably always struggle in this situation. We'll tell you what to expect from Tom Brady, his receivers, and especially the various running backs for the Patriots when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fan. Take a chance on me. Nine players not normally in your starting lineup, many of whom are available on the waiver wire. We begin at the quarterback position. Scott, who you got? Uh, Well, this week I got Jameis Winston. I think it's a great matchup for him. He has multiple touchdowns in three straight. And the Bucs, I don't know if you know this, they have the most passing yards as a team in in NFL history through Week 13. What do you mean? They have the wait. The defense has yielded the most. No, wait. the Buccaneers have passed for the most yards. Him plus Fitzpatrick. Really? Of in NFL history through Week 13. Wow, that. I didn't know that. They, they've actually been on that streak for a few weeks. And now. they've been, they've benched their starting quarterbacks how many times this year? And they're setting the all time NFL yeah. record in passing yards combined. They yep, might combined. set a record in interceptions too. Yep. Though the the Saints have allowed the second most passing yards this year and uh, allowed to quarterbacks. Bucks will be thrown from behind. I think so. Uh, Winston is my quarterback. All right, Matt. I've got Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Panthers' defense has absolutely fallen apart over the last five weeks, resulting in four losses for their team. They've allowed 14 passing touchdowns in that span and an average of 275 yards per game. And since we threw the Freddie Kitchen sink at Baker Mayfield, he's been pretty decent. Yep. Uh, multiple scores in five of his last six. And the sixth was last week when he only threw for one touchdown, but tallied 397 yards. I'm going with Josh Allen against the Jets, and this is the same Josh Allen who is the highest-scoring quarterback in fantasy football over the last two weeks. <sighs> Might have been my take on last week. He was uh, your take peacock. a chance. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, no. Go ahead. Look, you earned it. He, I saw that he has more uh, top five finishes as a fantasy player per week than Aaron Rodgers does this this year. I, I'm starting him yeah. in the fantasy playoffs as my second quarterback. I'm like going Mahomes, Josh Allen, one of my leagues. I like and it. Get this. His 224 rushing yards the last two weeks 
is topped by only four running backs. Wow. Uh, it's unbelievable what he's bringing on the ground, and it's a game against the Jets, so even if the legs don't help him help you out, the arm will. The Jets have allowed multiple passing touchdowns in eight of the last nine games. Addition by subtraction to get Kelvin Benjamin off the field. So I like Josh Allen on the ground through the air. He could have another game. He could have another top, yet another in a series of, well, now two uh, games since the elbow injury, coming back from the elbow injury with a top performance. Let's go to the running back position. Scott. I need to apologize to our listeners out there because I failed you last week. I had it in my notes in the 49ers matchup to tell you to pick up Jeff Wilson. I did it in all my leagues, and I, I failed our listeners. That's what I did. Do you have this a sad... is a this is an app. This is the definition of a humble brag. Yeah, yeah, it really you, is. You knew it, but you didn't I knew tell it, anybody. But I failed to tell anybody. Uh-huh. Uh But <laughs> man, does he? He has. He had twenty three touches last week. Turned it into one hundred and thirty four yards. Niners are playing from behind a lot. He had eight catches for seventy three. Those eight receptions are the most by a San Francisco running back in a game this season, which is crazy. But he's going to get so much volume that uh, I think he's a great start this week. All right. Please go ahead and tweet at ScottFish24 a gif of how you feel about this information that he withheld. I, I from wasted. All of you. So Are you withholding people? any information yes. from our listeners this week? Yes. Oh, I'm going to do it on purpose now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got Justin Jackson. He only had eight carries and one catch last week, but he made it count with 82 y- total yards and a score against the Steelers. Anthony Lynn said during his Tuesday press conference that Austin Eckler has been wearing down and he's an important part of the special team, so he's a little tired. And you'd also see an increase in Justin Jackson and possibly Detrez Newsom this week. Eckler was the clear lead back last week with 13 carries and 8 targets, but I think Jackson is going to be the lead carrier this week. The Bengals are A, packing it in for the season as everybody is hurt and they've lost 6 of the last 7, and B, Really terrible against the running back, allowing the most total yards per game to the running back position. The Chargers could use this as a pseudo-rest week for Eckler, so we could see a ton of Justin Jackson. Oh, absolutely. I like him a lot this week. I've got, last week I gave you LeGarrette Blunt, and he ended up with like 60 rushing yards, did not score. This week I'm giving you LeGarrette Blunt. Again. (laughs) Really going back to that (laughs) one, Yeah, because it worked out so well last week, but here's the thing. If you give me two chances at any take a chance on me, oh, guy, yeah, I will work. come through for you, and so will Garrett Blunt this week because he goes up against Arizona. Fast forward to Charges Week 15, take a chance yeah. on me, runner. Garrett Blunt. Carrion yeah. uh, Johnson's been ruled out, so you know Blunt's going to see the majority of the work. It'll get the goal line carries. He's averaged a respectable four and a half yards per carry the last two weeks without Johnson in. The Cardinals, though, it's all about the matchup. The Cardinals give up the most rushing attempts, the third most rushing yards, and the most rushing touchdowns per game in the league. So, it's such a juicy matchup. If you take on Blunt against, uh, I believe they play Minnesota the last week, and Buffalo the week. <laughs> yeah, that'd, be Buffalo, yeah, that'd be impressive. That would be impressive. <laughs> that'd be ballsy. Uh, the, so, he's averaging 18 carries per game when on Johnson's gone. That kind of volume against these Cardinals, it's virtually automatic. Let's go to the receiver position. Scott. Ooh, second week in a row, I'm going to go with a Buffalo wide receiver, so this is really scary for me. Mm-hmm. But as Charge preaches at training camp about the inside the five numbers, opportunity. Yes. Opportunity is a big deal. Zay Jones is third in the NFL in his team's target share, putting him in within the likes of Keenan Allen, Kenny Galladay, Travis Kelsey, Kittle, Adams, Beckham, Diggs, Hill, etc. Yeah. He gets a ton of his team's work. He has three touchdowns in the last three weeks. 
The Bills just released Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes, so that's going to free up like three targets again. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, just a couple weeks ago against this same Dolphins team, four for 67 and two touchdowns. Oh, yeah, and he's going up against Buster Screen. Yeah, that helps. The busted screen. Uh, let's go. So, Jay, Zay Jones. Zay Jones. Uh, Matt, your receiver. Some people might need a little help at the tight end position because it's been a wasteland this year. That's mm-hmm. why I've got Ian Thomas, who takes over for an injured Greg Olson. It's worth noting that Thomas has had at least five targets in each of the last three games that Greg Olson did not start and finish. He caught all five of those targets last week for 46 yards. And it's a good matchup for Thomas. The Browns have allowed Austin Hooper and Jordan Thomas to score against them in the last three games. And big-time tight ends like Travis Kelsey and Jared Cook each scored twice against the Browns earlier in the year. So Ian Thomas, if they're going to catch some touchdowns, might be him. All right. And my final guy. Traquan Smith. And I know a lot of you have played Traquan Smith exactly wrong over the last month. You <laughs> started him for his zero to his zero catch game. Well, you didn't start him for the Washington game when he went berserk. Then you start him the next next he went week. Bizarre too. Bizarre. <laughs> and then you started him the next week and he gave you zero catches. And then you benched him the next week and it's Thanksgiving and he posts 10 catches, 160 yards, and a touchdown. So then you put it back in your lineup the next week, and you got zero and got hurt. And so now we're back. Traquan Smith is starting against the Buccaneers. Is it going to be all, or is it going to be nothing? Tampa's allowed the second most wide receiver touchdowns, 18 of them, including touchdowns in every single game this year. And the guy Traquan Smith replaced, Ted Ginn, also a straight-line speed guy, just like Traquan Smith, Scored in this matchup against Tampa in Week One, Traquan Smith, the ultimate all-or-nothing guy. That's our final. Take a chance on me this week. It's like O Town. Uh, Tom Brady's been ice cold, Matt, and he has aver- over the last five weeks. He's averaging less than one touchdown pass. No, this is a fish game. Sorry, that's no, okay. Scott, I was gonna, I was gonna pass it to fish. That's okay. Uh, Scott <laughs> averaging less than one touchdown pass per game. He has failed to finish higher than QB thirteen in any game for five straight weeks. Tom Brady, do you like him against Miami in Miami? Oh man, in Miami, I, I'm sure you already know this, but he's one in four in his last five games. hasn't topped 250 yards. Only seven touchdowns in those five games. How about that? In Miami. Yes. So I, I had him as a B grade, but as I think about it, I think I'm lowering him down to a C grade here. Uh, he should still do fair okay, just barely startable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, yeah, he's been ice cold. I do I do like his uh, some of his position players, though. With no Xavier Howard, I like Josh Gordon. Over the last six games, he's averaging 80 yards per game and over 19 yards per catch, which you can do the math, and that means he's averaging about four catches a game. Yes. But with no Xavier Howard, I like the matchup. I gave him a B. I also gave Edelman a B as well in that same span, averaging six catches per game. Uh, but only about 70 yards, but in PPR leagues, that's getting it done. So I'm giving mm-hmm. him a B grade. Uh, Gronk? Also a B grade because he's become very touchdown dependent. Luckily, the Dolphins have allowed seven tight end touchdowns in the last seven weeks, including multiple to Ebron, Jordan Thomas, and Michael Roberts. So I think Gronk might be able to get it done in the red zone here. Uh, Charles Clay was the only bad game in those last seven weeks yeah. for against the Dolphins. So B grade there. Sony Michelle, 
I'm I'm giving him an A grade. He has over 20 touches per game since returning from injury. And uh, before McCoy crapped the bed last week, the previous five, who we argued about our B grade on, by the way, uh, the previous five running backs to have 18 or more touches topped 110 total yards against the Dolphins. I think that's in the range for Michelle. I have Burkhead on the bench because he only had nine touches last week. What worries me here is White. I still gave him a B grade because he's so PPR dependent, Mm -hmm. but without Burkhead, he was averaging 45 uh, snaps per game. Down, he's averaged 32 snaps a game with Burkhead in, as evidenced by 33 last week. Burkhead replaces him, not Michelle. Right. So that's the the PPR upside is why I'd still give him a nice safe PPR floor. So I barely give him a B. On the Dolphin side. I don't like anything except for maybe a, a dart throw on Kenny Stills because no. 88% of Stills' receptions have come from Tannehill. He has four out of five touchdowns have come from Tannehill. Uh, it, it, it's a touchdown. It's almost a touchdown dependent. Oh, for sure. Because he's, he's two really catches a, a dart game. Throw? So, yeah. So, it, okay, it's a spin of the wheel or a name from the hat or whatever, but <laughs> barely a C grade on Stills, but I'm benching everything else. All right. I like that angle. Uh, Carolina. We'll take on Cleveland. When we come back, we'll talk about Cam Newton, who has thrown exactly two touchdowns in nine of his last ten games. Will he throw exactly two touchdowns? Find out when we return. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fan. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly on the fan. Paul Cherchi and Scott Fish, Matt Harrison with you. It is... Yeah, hi, Scott. I can confirm people are sending me GIFs now because of GIFs. you, Matt. GIFs. GIFs. Either way. I like GIF. GIF is the peanut butter. That's, That's a, fine. clearly a J-I-F. That's fine. So I like GIF. I'm fine with however you Isn't guys want G it. stand for graphic? Interface. Not graphic. File. Something. Yeah. Yeah, correct. correct. Yeah, That's a, you're exactly right. That's the guy, the guy who correct. invented it calls it GIF, so that's what I've and then said. And then he gets to say. It's an old CompuServe uh, mm-hmm. format, by the way. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> Carolina takes on Cleveland, Matt. And yeah. in a statistical anomaly I may never see again, Cam Newton has thrown exactly two touchdowns in nine of his last ten games. Nine times? <laughs> nine times. Nine, nine times. times. How, how, how does that happen? You can't you can't make it happen. It's unbelievable. If you need three touchdowns from Cam Newton, he will give you two. Well, if you need one, he will give you two. He's the Leroy Horde of quarterbacks. Maybe he could throw like five touchdowns in any given game, but he's throttling it back and just just, just stopping get the it two. Too. That's right. Don't want to set expectations too high. I gave him an A grade this week. Uh, the Browns have faced a few running quarterbacks this year. Uh, they've been pretty successful for the most part. Deshaun Watson had the least success with 224 and one passing and only 30 on the ground. But Jeff Driscoll had 155 and one through the air and one on the ground against uh, the Browns in about a half of play, by the way. Uh, Mahomes had 375 and three. Jameis Winston had 365. He had a rushing score as well uh, as uh, to go along with 55 rushing yards. So. Uh, yeah, Cam's a good start. So is Christian McCaffrey. He's an A grade. He's their best receiver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, DJ Moore, I'm giving a C grade to. He's the only other receiver I have a starting grade on besides Ian Thomas, who's my take a chance on me player. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Funches returned, it's good that Moore's targets didn't dry up. He still had eight. It only converted to four for 44 last week, though. Moore ran 46 routes. While Curtis Samuel ran 41 and Devin Funches only ran 22. Yeah, there's a lot of steam behind Samuel. There are a lot of people who think Samuel's become borderline every week starter guy. Yeah, at tight end. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, tight end. I was thinking Samuels for a second. No, <laughs> sorry, yeah, not Jalen Samuels, Samuels. Curtis Samuels. Uh, yeah, yeah. Moore's the only one I want to start. Uh, on the other side, Nick Chubb. I'm giving a B grade to. Uh, Panthers have been pretty good against the run. They've not allowed a runner to top 100 yards since week two, but they have allowed a rushing touchdown to a back in four straight games. And Nick Chubb's getting all the work, which means Duke Johnson's on the bench because someone called Dontrell Hilliard had more targets and receptions than Duke last week, and he was only good in those two games against Kansas City and Atlanta. Right. Yeah, that was it. I, we thought we all thought Duke had sort of turned the corner. He's getting dropped in my league, yeah. and I, understandably so. Uh, Baker Mayfield was my take a chance on me quarterback. I give him a B grade this week. Uh, Jarvis Landry is also getting a B. Last week I told you to start wide receiver Adam Humphreys against the Panthers. They've all been terrible in slot coverage the whole season. I like Adam uh, Humphreys. Well, let's talk Jarvis Landry, though. Yeah, right. We're That's in this that matchup. I like Adam Humphreys. Uh, <laughs> Tyler too. Boyd, Tyler Lockett, Juju, Sterling Shepard, Cole Beasley, and Humphreys twice all had big days against Captain Munnerlin, so Landry's yep. a B. Uh, Antonio Callaway, kind of a C grade as well. No, I like him. He'll line up against James Bradbury, who's allowed the most yardage in the league to opposing wide receivers. Uh, Callaway fumbled at the goal line on a 71-yard pass last week, so he was really, really close to a huge, huge day. Uh, David Njoku also giving a B grade, too. Good spot for Njoku facing a Panthers defense that's bottom eight in receptions and yards allowed to touchdown or to tight ends. And they've allowed the most tight end touchdowns on the season. My previous matchup had an elite offense, Kansas City, going up against a great defense. This one, another elite offense, the Rams, going up against a great defense, Chicago. And this one got flexed to the Sunday night game. This is your Sunday night game. Yeah. Uh, and deservedly so. This is a this is an epic matchup right now. Uh, Todd Gurley, obviously you have to start him. He's an A grade, but just know the Bears give up the fewest rushing touchdowns and the fewest yards per carry. So it's it's a brutally tough game. He will do all right through the air, I think. Bears give up the 11th most receptions per game to the position, and some other dual-threat runners like David Johnson and Carrion Johnson have uh, found uh, ways to get into the end zone. So you're obviously going to start Todd Gurley. Uh, but after that, it's all murky. Um, but let's talk about the, the fascinating part about this for me is Jared Goff. Because, and I've talked about this in past shows, in games in which Todd Gurley is held to zero or one touchdowns, which the Bears will probably do, Jared Goff makes up the difference. In those Todd Gurley, those modest Todd Gurley games, Jared Goff averages 353 yards and three touchdown passes. The hope is that he can continue to do that here. I've got him with a B grade because I, I don't know that he can get to those numbers against the Bears. Um, the Bears get so much pressure on opposing quarterbacks, but he's got a great offensive line in front of him. Let's talk about his receivers. Brandon Cooks with a B grade because he's going to see a lot of Kyle Fuller. Fuller doesn't necessarily have the speed to keep up with Cooks, but he's technically very sound. And over the last seven games, Kyle Fuller has allowed averages of just 41 yards and 0.1 touchdowns in his coverage over the last seven games. So a tough matchup for Brandon Cooks, who's normally a lock A, goes down to a B. And Robert Woods, who I've, I loved last week, slumps down to a C grade here. He runs out of the slot since Cooper Cup's injury. That means he's going to see a bunch of Bryce Callahan, and it is a tricky matchup against the Bears' best corner. Callahan's allowed just one touchdown on the season. He's also given up more than 23 yards in his coverage just once in the past six games. He is an absolute shutdown slot corner, and I'm nervous about Robert Woods. And Josh Reynolds goes down to the bench. Yeah, he's had a nice season, allowing. Uh, he's had he has had a good season when they've asked him to play, uh, but he doesn't get enough looks. 
I think it's safer to just leave him on the bench in a tough matchup. Let's uh, let's go over to the Bears side. Tariq Cohen, A grade. In the two games with Chase Daniel, Co- uh, Cohen was targeted 22 times, hauling in 19 of them. Uh, Chase Daniel will not be your starter here, but it shows him trending the right way. The Rams have given up touchdowns to backs through the air in three of the last four games. The Rams' run defense isn't great, but shifty backs like Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara have posted strong games against L.A. in the second half of the season. I love Tariq Cohen in this matchup. I think he's my number nine uh, running back overall. Uh, he is my number nine, nine running back. He's my number nine running back. Uh, let's go to the passing game. Mitch Trubisky back. As a reminder, from week four to week 11, when he was healthy, Mitch Trubisky was fantasy football's second highest scoring quarterback. And he's got a lot of upside against an inconsistent Rams secondary here. I will note, though, that Aqib Tlaib is back, and that's a huge change and improvement for the Rams secondary. In three full games with Aqib Tlaib, the Rams allowed averages of just 213 passing yards and 0.3 passing touchdowns. It's a much better secondary with him. Uh, but it's still, uh, still, I've got a B grade on Mitch Trubisky because he was so effective and the rushing yardage that he brings in as well. His uh, number one receiver is Allen Robinson. Uh, he hopes to continue a stretch of four touchdowns in Trubisky's last five starts. It's also worth noting that L.A. has only allowed one receiver to top 50 yards in the four games of the Keeb Tlaib, so that part working against him. Still, Allen Robinson's the main target for Mitch, and I've got a B grade on him. Taylor Gabriel's got a sneaky good matchup. you got to pick your spots with Gabriel, but I like him here. Uh, he'll most frequently match up against Marcus Peters, arguably the most burned quarterback in, cornerback in the league. Peters has given up six passing touchdowns in his coverage and a passer rating of 126. So Taylor Gabriel, not normally somebody you'd want to start, but I think you do here. I've got a C grade on him. Uh, Trey Burton has been a disaster. But in games with Mitch Trubisky, he averages 42 receiving yards and half a touchdown per game. And in the past two games without Trubisky, scoreless 14 yards. So hopefully Trubisky comes back. It's a little something dumb here. The Rams allow tight ends to average 87 receiving yards. So... There is an opportunity for Trey Burton, who gets a C grade. Uh, the last guy that I haven't mentioned and should is Jordan Howard. Last week, Howard posted his highest yards per carry since week six. I liked him a lot going into last week's game, and he finished with an okay game. He passed uh, he passed the eye test, in my mind, last week. Straight-ahead power backs haven't been very successful overall against the Rams, but they have found the end zone against the Rams. Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams have both scored in the past few weeks as straight-ahead plotting runners like Jordan Howard. A lot. It was a meaty matchup. A lot to be said. Mm, meaty. Meaty. Uh, let's, uh, I want to work in one more matchup, yes. and then we'll try to get in a call here. New Orleans taking on Tampa Bay in what, fi- what figures to be a massively high-scoring game. I already told you, Traquan Smith might take a chance on me. Yeah. Wide receiver, what do you think about Drew Brees in this matchup? 55.5 over under, highest of the week. So, yeah. so you nailed that one. Uh do I need to tell you what no, I think of Breeze? No, he's my number one ranked yeah. quarterback of the league. <laughs> Breeze and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara are obvious. A starts just about every week regardless of matchup, and this is a great matchup anyway. So I am benching Killer Keith Kirkwood. I know that he's uh, been pretty safe uh, at 6.5 or so points every week uh, for the last few weeks, but I got him on the bench. Uh, Traquan was your take home. Dan Arnold, he's hard to trust. Two catches. Yeah. Then he had the 45 yards and a touchdown on Thursday on the Thanksgiving game. Yep. Two catches last week. I'm benching him. Mark Ingram, I'm giving him a B grade because it's a bottom three defense against fantasy running backs. And if they get ahead, maybe he gets a few extra touches. The Bucks have allowed a whopping 178 total yards per game to running backs in the last three games, including 300-yard rushers. Mm-hmm. Kamara's going to get a lot, but Ingram should be fairly startable with a B grade. 
on the Tampa Bay, Bay side, Winston was my take on. Really like him a lot this week against uh, a terrible uh, Saints pass defense. And because of that, I like Evans. He was had a huge game week one, yes, with Fitzgerald, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick yeah. but against Lattimore. So I'm not worried about it. If you watch it, if you watch him play, he can beat just about any corner. So yeah. he's just, you know, no yards after couch. Yeah, A grade there. Godwin, I give a B grade to. Um, he's, a, he's a real upside shot here. He's played three games without Deshaun Jackson. Here are his numbers. Three for 98, seven for 111 in a touchdown, five for 101 in a touchdown. Those are massive games. Those for are Chris very Godwin good games. when Jackson does not play. Yep. Very and you didn't say state it overtly, but Jackson's not playing in this game. Yes, Jackson's out. So uh, also when Jackson's out, Adam Humphreys averages five and a half catches and seventy yards. So I have a I have a nice safe floor B grade on him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Bate I have the on the bench. The Saints have only allowed one tight end touchdown in the last calendar year. And it's been even longer since week seven of last year where Bray topped 50 yards. Wow. So I have him on the bench, even though Winston's a quarterback. Uh, And Barber, uh, I'm just benching him. A, he's Barber, and the Saints allow the second fewest rushing attempts. And when they do, they're only allowing 3.2 yards per carry. Hmm. I don't, Zeke is, Zeke got like 61 yards against them. I'm not trusting Barber. Bench. I don't think I would either. Yeah. Uh, We had a caller on hold uh, who uh, dropped off, but his topic was very good. Should teams that have been eliminated from the playoffs be allowed to make transactions? Yes God. or no? I have my own opinion, but I'll, I'll yield the floor to you guys first. Well, Dynasty Keeper is an obvious yes. I, I don't even think that's up for discussion. In redrafts, if you have a if you're in a toilet bowl, and by the way, the reason it's not the reason that Dynasty and redraft is because it's not fair to let your playoff teams effectively yeah. plan for next year exactly. by continuing to make transactions. Well, you can't. And you need it more than they do because you're not even in the playoffs. Exactly, right? giving an advantage, an extra advantage to good teams is right. ridiculous. Uh, so you either need if you are a redraft, if you are a dynasty league or an empire league, and you get you get to the playoffs, either everybody gets locked down on transactions or everybody gets to make transactions. Yep. It needs to be a fair, playing, be field. fair playing field. Yep. All right, what about redraft? Uh, redraft. I'm generally in the mode that if you're in a toilet bowl, yes, you can absolutely. If you're not. You know, it's up to the commissioner for me. I I don't care either way, but I'd probably prefer they don't in redraft if you're not playing at all anymore. Well, and I want to clarify at all. Yes. Toilet if, bowl if, if you're you have it. if you have anything to play for, including yes. things like high score of the week gets ten bucks. Exactly. Whatever. If you have anything yeah. to play for, you have to let these teams put the best players on Absolutely. the field that they can. Absolutely. If they don't have anything to play for in a redraft league, then no transactions. Right. You're out. Because I don't want you mucking up the works with when you have no reason to go get Justin Jackson. I don't want you just playing spoiler because you can play spoiler. Absolutely. When you have nothing, you have no reason to play. You have no opponent. You have nothing to play for. Then you're out. So if you've if your if your league gives any reason to play, then everybody get then everybody gets to go. If there's no reason to play, t- playoff teams are out. Let's go to the phones. Bugsy, hello. Did you say Bugsy? Yes, that's you. Yeah, all right. Hey, absolutely great show all year. Thank you. You guys are awesome. I listen to it periodically when I can. Thank you. All right, listen. I uh, oh, and I met you about, real quickly, I met you about, I don't say two years ago. I was a flight attendant on Sun Country Airlines. And oh, fantastic. You and your buddy. You meet a lot of people, but I mean, you might not remember, but I was getting your buddy Mary. I think he came back from Vegas. Outstanding. I love it. That sounds Thank like you. charge. Yeah, that okay, does well, sound like me. Yeah. Anyways, um, 
I dodged the bullet. Okay, I'm five, in the big man playoffs. I'm five seed against the four. He had Derek Henry in our league. He would have got forty-seven point four points. Wow, <laughs> left him on the bench. So, yeah, he left him on the bench because he's got starting right now. He's got Marlon Mack and uh, and that new guy, the Wilson guy, yep. Jeffrey, whatever. So he started them two, and he has he had him on the bench and uh, who's the other guy? He could still put in on Sunday. Uh, Kenyon Drake. Anyway, so I dodged the bullet. Um, now I need help. My running backs was Alex Collins, but he's worried he's gone. I have David Johnson, and now the other two guys. Um, I have this real gut feeling, you know how you get it sometimes, you guys on somebody, but you don't really talk to them about it much. But Darren Sproles, or long story short, Darren Sproles, or I'm um, um, Raiders guy, uh, Doug Doug Martin. Doug Martin. Matt, what do you think? <laughs> Martin's way safer. Yeah, Martin's yeah. Martin's the safety play, and and I think with the sound of his running backs, I think all you really need to do is take the safety play. So I think I'd go Doug Martin in this scenario. Yeah, and Martin. I I know there was some concern about his health um, at one point about him playing in this game, but I'm pretty confident he is going to go. If anybody has a chance for a goal line touchdown in that Raiders uh, Steelers game, it's going to be Martin. He's got a knee, but is expected to play. Yeah. Doug Martin. Uh, thank, thank you for holding, uh, uh, Bugsy. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, no problem. Hey, yeah. Christmas bonus. I know it's a dumb question, but since it's not the lightning round, um, you wouldn't do. I, I got Lamar Jackson and and Mahomes. You just stay with Mahomes, right? <laughs> I would. I would. <laughs> yeah. But it's not. It's not a dumb question. And if you told me had had this guy started, uh, your opponent started Derrick Henry, we'd be going to Lamar Jackson because of the oh. the upside. The freakish upside that he has. I know Patrick Mahomes has freakish upside, too, but against the Ravens, I might have flipped it over to a different answer. Uh, when we come back, plenty more to get to, including matchups like the Giants taking on Washington. Eli, we already talked a little bit about Eli Manning. What about Saquon Barkley? What about Washington's uh, offense? Is there anybody left to play in a Mark Sanchez-led team? We'll tell you when we come back after this. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on the fan. Welcome back to the show, hour number two of a playoff edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. Scott Fish and Matt Harrison with you as well. I am Paul Charchian. Uh... This is the time for a segment we like to call Three Hot Questions. And hot. traditionally, we like to start it right here. Devani's Hot Question Number One. Hold on, I'm not on the right page. Can Paul find the right page? Is Hot Question Number One. Uh, yes. How much better will the Packers' offense be in the post Mike McCarthy era? No better, somewhat better, or a lot better? Scott? This is a weird question for me because how much better, and one of the things is about the same. <laughs> about the same how much better. <laughs> um, I put somewhat better. I mean, it's not all on McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers is 29th in the NFL in completion percentage among quarterbacks with over 100 attempts. I mean, he's he's thrown into the ground quite a bit <laughs> as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have some... The, the only tough matchup they have is Chicago. Uh, they have... Uh, Two games against pot, bottom ten pass defenses, and in the last uh, four or five games, Rodgers in Chicago, he's only had one bad game. I think he's going to have three pretty good games down the stretch here. I think I'm going to go with somewhat better. Okay. Are you looking at this from a 
next year standpoint? No, or this no year rest standpoint? of this year. Okay. Sorry, that was not clear. Rest of this year, not into perpetuity or yeah, anything. Yeah, well, as a Viking fan, I was rooting for the Packers to hold on for Mike McCarthy oh, yeah. as long oh, yeah. as possible. Absolutely. Um, he was a mediocre to bad offensive coordinator in San Francisco who lucked into two of the top ten quarterbacks in the last 25 <laughs> years. Uh, great quarterback, maybe the best in the NFL, I still think. Uh, he's going to be rejuvenated by Joe Philbin, and maybe Aaron Rodgers is calling more of the plays now, frankly. Uh, he's got possibly the best wide receiver in the league in Devontae Adams, a well-above-average running back, mm-hmm. an above-average offensive line, young but decent depth receivers. I think they're going to be a lot better Going forward, uh, no stoppers in the schedule. I, I like him a lot. I'm going to go with some, in some intangibles here. If Aaron Rodgers openly, well, he did, Aaron Rodgers openly campaigned against Mike McCarthy in the media, right? Talking, second-guessing his play calling. We need to use Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones more, that kind of stuff. Imagine what was happening behind closed doors between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, right? And... Ultimately, Rodgers got his way. McCarthy's gone. Joe Philbin is a four-game speed bump, but nothing more. You know, the guy who runs that the guy who runs that offense is Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not Joe Philbin. No chance that Philbin's going to run an offense contrary to Rodgers' wishes. So Rodgers is running the show. He's going to want to prove that he's right that he was being held back by Mike McCarthy. I think there's a lot of motivation for Aaron Rodgers, and he might be right. By the way. There is a chance he's correct about that. And then three of the four remaining matchups are just excellent matchups for him. Falcons, Jets, Lions, all elite-level matchups. Aaron Rodgers is my number 3 quarterback this week. Take Randall Cobb off the injury report for the first time all year. Packers offense is going to get a lot better. Giovanni's hot question number two. How many tight ends should be taken in the first round next year? This is a next year question, Matt. Okay. How many tight ends should be taken in the first round next year? Zero, one, two, or three? Matt? How many tight ends will or should? Should. Should. <laughs> should. Not will. How inside many tight ends should joke. be taken? <laughs> oh, so inside jokes we here at this uh, little radio show we call Fantasy Football Weekly like to get to, we have the ability to cause change in the world, and I, I think that we will do this. Uh, if you looked at a mock right now, you'll see probably zero, but I'm on record with a pinned tweet on my Twitter account. Mm. Ta- or, or Travis Kelsey. 1-1 one, one in 2019. I think he should be first player, the first player taken. Okay, And the difference in having a top two tight end and not having one is the playoffs, basically, in many leagues. Ertz has 93 receptions. Kelsey has 79. They average nearly two to three more catches per game than George Kittle, who's a lock at tight end number three. I think two of them should go in the first round. Kelsey will get taken first, and then Ertz will get taken almost immediately after that. Because of scarcity, so I think it's going to be two tight ends taken in the first round next year. All right, I'm going to go deeper, and I'm going to say four. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, and I I completely agree with that strategy. I and I I think as we've seen in the mocks, once one goes, the next two go right away. Like Ertz and Kittle go right after. So I'm going to so say wait, are you saying three or are you saying two? I'm going to go with Matt and say two. I think the third comes right around the corner in the second. So I'm going to go with two. That That's fun. I, I like that strategy. Not only is Travis Kelsey the number one scoring tight end, 
He's the number four scoring receiver, including wide receivers, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you're one of these people like, oh, I could never take a tight end in the first round, well, would you take the number four wide receiver in the, at the end of the first round? Absolutely. Of course you would. Yeah, so, people yes. are going to take Odell Beckham in the first round. Yeah, right. So you know, why wouldn't you take Travis Kelsey? How about Zach Ertz? You mentioned the 93 reception, second only to Adam Thielen. His fantasy points make him wide receiver 10. Yeah. Right? Now, of course... And Kittle will get Garoppolo back. <laughs> yeah, and Kittle gets Garoppolo back. That's all. I'll come to him in a minute. So, of course, you'd want to draft uh, both of those tight ends where you get massive positional advantages. Had this year you decided to slough the tight end position and just gone for the sixth best tight end, and for and you somehow knew the sixth best tight end, you're sitting at you've played Austin freaking Hooper all year to get to number six. Yeah, and most likely you weren't even that good. If you really let the tight end position go this year. You were on, you were in the unfortunate position of starting David and Joku as the number twelve tight end all season and long, streaming so Uzoma and, 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 and Hoyerman, yeah, right? And, yeah, and it's way worse than that. Yeah. I mean, that's like that's your best case scenarios, really. If you waited to the middle of the tight end run or the end of the tight end run, I, I will say every year it seems to be a big three. You do it early or you wait. This year's worse. Like the gap oh, is widened. Well, let's it's talk so about the gap. Yeah. So if you waited to the middle and you were going to war with uh, Austin Hooper. You were getting outscored uh, by a three to one margin by Kelsey and Ertz. If you waited all the way down to Njoku, a four to one margin. That's how big you were penalized. Now, so obviously those two guys are in. Should George Kittle go in the first round? Well, yes, but you won't have to take him there. Right. So because you won't need to take Kittle there because people aren't going to because he didn't do it last year and people can't you know come to grips with the concept that things might change in the next year, uh, you won't have to take Kittle in the first I round. I still will. I love but it. if I was in a savvy <laughs> league, I would absolutely consider it. But you won't have to. So the correct answer for the number of tight ends taken in the first round next year is two. Giovanni's hot question number three. For the rest of the year, is Derrick Henry an RB1, an RB2, a flex, or a bench runner? Scott. Bench. I can't, I, I mean, I can't trust him. I can't trust him after one game. I mean, he. I don't think, I think I saw the stat that he'd never topped 65 yards this season yet. Uh, I I might be wrong. I might actually, I might be able to pull that. I'll I'll look while you're while you continue to chat. Well, I have barely anything else to say. I haven't been able to trust. <laughs> I haven't been able to trust him all year. Why am I going to trust him in my fantasy playoffs? All right, Matt. Does it even matter because everybody had him on the bench already and their team's He's out of the playoffs? Anyway. I got, I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a league right now where uh, Derrick Henry was on a playoff roster and started. Wow. Uh, so. He had not topped 57 yards in a game prior to this one. Yeah. This year, 58. That's ridiculous. It didn't help that that 90-some yard touchdown that he had was like the worst tackling I've ever seen by a team in the history of football. It was it was so gross. The Giants is a good matchup. Washington is not particularly a great matchup. People will chase stats next week. I won't. I'm not fooled. I'm benching him. You know, he scored in five of the he scored uh in five of the last seven games. 65 was the total yards, by the way. Yeah, 65 total yards. Yeah, he doesn't. He chips at nothing through the air. Yeah, right? he had a he had a 33 rushing, 32 receiving. That was his best total yard game. But here, the, because of the touchdowns, at five touch, if five, he has scored a touchdown at least in five of the last seven games. I don't think he's a bench grade guy going forward. I still I've want touchdowns. Him. I still want touchdowns. He burned me too many. He goes. <laughs> yeah, you guys sound like bitter Derrick Henry. See, I don't own him in anything. It's very possible. Uh, 
at he goes up against the Giants without Snacks Harrison. They've turned into the worst run defense in the NFL without Snacks Harrison next week. Yeah. And so I think he's going to I think Derrick Henry's going to have a B or a C grade from us next week. Then he's got Washington. They've slumped to 28th in running back fantasy points allowed over the last month. I think he's going to get a B or a C grade there too. Then he gets the Colts. They've slumped to 27th in fantasy points allowed to running That's backs in the last 17. month. That's week 17. That's week 17. Don't play fantasy football in week 17, kids. No. I think he's going to get a B or a C grade in that one, too, although we won't be on the air for Week 17, but that's the rate grade he'd likely get. Derrick Henry, based if nothing else on the touchdown prospects, is going to be an RB2 in these final three weeks of the season. Many thanks to our decade-long sponsor, Grain Belt Premium, the official beer fantasy football. Do not forget to play the free Crush Charge Challenge at GrainBelt.com. Win $2,000 and a trip to Manny's Steakhouse for our winner's banquet in January, just like last week's winner, Mark Schwab. Mark Schwab will be joining me at Manny's in January. Many thanks to our friends at the brewery, Sean Ryan, Brett Moss, Lee Windinger, and Ted and Jody Marty, the owners of the brewery, and Dave Wilson, the general manager at Manny's, who sets up our lavish winner's banquet in January. Play along, go to grainbelt.com. Let's, uh, how are we doing in time? Let's work in another matchup. I think our next matchup is Giants against the uh, Washington Redskins. What do you think, Eli Manning? Uh, this looks like a promising game, Matt. I gave, him a, I gave him a C grade. That's uh, it. Okay, yeah. I thought it might be a little higher. Uh, Washington is bottom seven in completions and passing yards allowed per game. Eli put up 316 and one in the first matchup. I'd say those that are good numbers. High 200s in a score is about what you're going to get for Eli. Mm-hmm. It's, that's just a C for me. Uh, m- much like my basement apartment in college, the floor and the ceiling are way too close together for Eli. <laughs> um, Evan Engram, he's on the bench along with uh, Sterling Shepard. Uh, Sterling's a bit dinged up with a rib injury that limited him in practice this week, and he hasn't topped 37 yards in five games. Uh, Engram is going to play this week after missing the last two games, but he hasn't been healthy or right yet this season and faces a Washington defense that's only allowed three scores on the on the whole year to mm. the tight end position. Okay, uh, And then Saquon, A. Odell Beckham, A. Uh, Beckham has scored topped 120 yards or both in five of six career meetings with Washington, and he torched him in the Week 8 matchup. On the other side, Adrian Peterson's the only viable start for Washington. He gets a B grade. Uh, Mark Sanchez is in charge of throwing the ball now. That means he's going to hand it off. Mm. And he's facing a defensive front that is void of uh, my cousin, Snacks Harrison, and uh, safety Landon Collins ended I, up on I. Nobody, nobody's ever seen the two of you in the same place at the same time. He's my, you and he, Snacks, it, it might be the same person. We're not the same. He's my cousin. Come on. Cousin. Okay. Yeah. Um, I see the family resemblance. Absolutely. Landon Collins uh, was a run-stuffing safety. He was put on IR this week, yeah, too. Yeah, that's a huge loss. Uh, Giants gave up 113 rushing yards to Bears backs last week, 129 to the Philly backs the week before, and 106 to Peyton Barber the week before that. Mm. Those aren't impressive groups of, no. of running backs. So Adrian Peterson's a solid B. I guess you could give Chris Thompson a desperation D in PPR. He did return last week and had five targets. But he's part of a pass of the passing game, and I hate the passing game, which is all on the bench. Sanchez threw 21 times, spanning almost a full game last week. Ugh. Managed only 100 passing yards and wow. one interception. The whole passing game's dead. It's very possible that they throw less than 25 passing attempts in this game, and the Giants have allowed the third fewest passing touchdowns in the league this year. 
Jets take out in the Bills, and there's not a lot to talk about in this game. Every Jet has got a bench grade here. Um, the whole passing game with Sam Darnold is on the bench, and Isaiah Crowell's on the bench. He's bouncing between 6 and 21 carries in back-to-back games. You never know what you're going to get, but you know it won't be overwhelming no matter what. Despite playing from behind most of the season, the Bills have only allowed two players to gain 80 or more rushing yards all year against them, and Isaiah Crowell's not likely to be that guy. And Elijah McGuire's not getting enough use for consideration anyway in a tough matchup. Chris Herndon might be the only other Jet you might even be thinking about. The Bills have allowed the fewest receiving yards to tight ends. Period. End of story. So Chris Herndon's out. So let's go to the Bills side. Josh Allen was my take-a-chance-on-me uh, quarterback with a B-grade. Zay Jones was Fish's take-a-chance-on-me uh, wide receiver. I've got a B-grade on him as well. Let's talk LaShawn McCoy. Let's. He's Let's had exactly <laughs> one fantasy-relevant game all year. One. The only game with a touchdown came three games ago, but it was against these same Jets. Ooh. Ooh. Lightning could strike twice. The Jets have allowed 557 rushing yards to running backs in just the last three weeks. I don't have my abacus out, but I'm I'm guessing that's about 160, 70 yards rushing each game, something like that. Uh, so LaShawn McCoy is uh, has got a C grade here. Let's hope this is going to be a second fantasy-relevant game of the year. Robert Foster, the Scott Fish special. Do you like him this week? Mm, not, <laughs> not as much as Zay Jones. Three games ago, he had 105 yards. He did. Two games ago, he had 94 yards and a touchdown. It's then a, last week, he had one catch. It's a big play thing, and Josh Allen's got a big arm, so he's going to do that. But the dismissal of Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes frees up some targets. Yeah. I think Foster's... I think this is the it's the first time that Robert Foster's ever in every down starter, which he will be this game. Mm-hmm. The Jets rank 29th in yards allowed to wideouts, Ooh. 30th in receptions to wideouts. Robert Foster, sneaky play, Scott. I, I think, think you're getting off are. the bandwagon at just the wrong time. No, no, I'm not off the... I, I, you're off the bandwagon, I admit just, it. I just think he's a boomer bust type of guy. He is a boomer bust guy. When we come back, Denver takes on San Francisco. Uh, Philip Lindsay's been one of the great stories of the fantasy season. Will it continue against the 49ers? Find out when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fan. Playoff edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi with you, Matt Harrison, Scott Fish. Uh, let's jump right back into the matchups. Denver takes on San Francisco, and... Uh, Boy, Emmanuel Sanders' loss is, I think, going to have ramifications through that whole offense. They don't have to respect the pass anymore. Cortland Sullivan's going to get number one coverage all the time. And I, I worry, frankly, about uh, about the whole offense just taking a big step backwards for Denver, maybe even in this matchup against San Francisco. What do you think? It's going to be really interesting for Lindsey, especially because he, he had faced... One of the least stacked boxes in the NFL out of all of the, out of all running backs, mm-hmm. he had seen the least amount of stacked boxes. Ironically, Royce Freeman had seen some of the most. How about <laughs> one that? Of, one Go of figure. The, one of the highest percentages of stacked boxes. Yeah, you sound like a Freeman truther to me right now. Uh, and I know they're out there. No, there are people no, no. bitter that no. Freeman's not getting enough carries. And no, I'm no. Like, shut up. Hey, you Phil you know Lindsay's me so good. Yeah, you know me. I watch the games. I no, I'm all in on Lindsey. He good. looks so good. He does. Um, but on this one. I, I did just give him a B grade because I think the whole offense really suffers with Emmanuel Sanders to keep those drives alive. Um, 
There is there is uh, there is some a lot to like though. The 49ers have allowed 100 total yards or more to running backs every week since week seven, when the Mike McCarthy led Packers failed to do so only because he gave Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery 62 percent of the snaps. Yeah. <laughs> if he hadn't done that, they probably would have done it too. Uh, so be great for Lindsay. I have the whole passing game, even uh, you know dynasty darling Deshaun Hamilton, who takes over the slot uh, for Emmanuel Sanders. I have the whole passing game except for Sutton on the bench. I think Sutton's going to take a couple of those targets, but yeah. a lot of people think it's going to be he's going to be ten plus a game. I don't know that mm-hmm. that's going to happen, but uh, he th- these matchups for Denver coming up and this one especially, uh, they're all bottom eleven against uh, deep. Deep pass attempt uh, scoring for wide receivers, and that's that's really Sutton's game. Sutton can do that. Uh, if he gets seven to ten targets, I think he could have a B game here. So that's why I like him. Okay. Uh, on the other side, I'm benching Mullins. He's had four good games, but the the two or four games and two of them were great. But one was a blow. Both were blowouts, really. Yeah. One oh, was loss. The, one was the Oakland game, and the other was uh, blowout behind, trailing Seattle. I think this one's going to be low scoring and close, so I don't like Mullins or much of the passing game here. Kittle, though, obvious A. Uh, Pettis with Goodwin back. I'm tentative to give them both C grades. Mm-hmm. Um, Pettis has 200 yards and three touchdowns the last two weeks, but that so was the Denver Goodwin. secondary scouts in flux without without exactly. uh, Chris Harris, right? Yeah, you've taken Kurt. the best cornerback off the team. Granted, he was a slot, a slot guy. Corner. Pettis runs a fair amount from the slot. Yep. I like him a little better than Goodwin here, but I just wonder that's, taking Harris out if that's just going to create a ripple effect of weirdness for the the Broncos secondary. That's exactly kind of what I had. I had Pettis you with said, a B. You were going to say weirdness. Yeah. No, I had Pettis with a B and Goodwin with a C. I knocked Pettis back to a C, but I, I put in my matchup here. I like him better than Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's developed a real connection with Mullins over the last couple of weeks, so I give him the edge there. Uh, and Wilson was my take on. Yeah. So Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Matt, Cincinnati takes on the Chargers. It's the the Bengals are a team in utter and total disarray right now. They're missing yeah. offensive linemen, two starting cornerbacks. Um Starting quarterback, it's all bad for the Bengals right now. Not to mention A.J. Green. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, A.J. Green. Oh, yeah. By the way, that guy. Um, Charge, do you have a sad trombone over there? Because my Jeff Driscoll call of last week. But uh, he's so fast. He's so fast. He's the fastest Jeff you know, except now for Jeff Wilson Jr. in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, he's the uh, fast. Chargers are uh, top 10 in passing yards, passing touchdowns, picks, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns allowed to yeah, quarterbacks. It's all bad. So Driscoll's on the bench. Just barely some C grades for some other guys. Uh, Tyler Boyd faces awesome slot corner Desmond King, who's only allowed one touchdown on the season. Boyd will suffer because of the green loss. His numbers have dipped in games without AJ. John Ross will draw Casey Hayward, so he's on the bench. CJ Uzoma, I'm giving a slight C2 because since Jeff Driscoll started taking snaps, Uzoma leads the team in targets with 17 in about, in about six quarters of play. That includes 10 against the Browns and 7 last week against the Broncos. So from a volume standpoint, mm. in a game they should be playing catch-up, yeah. Uzoma's the top target. Yeah. Uh, and then Joe Mixon, I'm only giving him a C grade too. In the last two weeks, Mixon and the offense have lost, as you said, Dalton Green and tackle Cordy Glenn. Yeah. Mixon was also limited in practice this week with a foot injury, and the Chargers have not allowed a 100 yard rusher since Todd Gurley in Week Three. 
over on the other side, Melvin Gordon's still sitting out this week with a knee injury, and I talked about how I like Justin Jackson as my take a chance on me running back. Yeah, I've got I've got him as a borderline A grade. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I think Eckler's still going to get half the worst to that. You know, yeah, I, you know, Eckler was really good yeah. for most of the year, and, and granted, he didn't look as good the, as Jackson the, last the, week. The but that's just a one-game sample. Tired and worn down thing is problematic for me. He wasn't played. a workhorse. I don't know how no. tired and worn down he was on eight touches a game. No, but he's been playing special team snaps the whole season and, and that kind of I thing. So, uh, I, but I covered Eckler. I gave him a B as well. Uh, Keenan Allen, easy A, scored a touchdown in four straight since complaining publicly about a lack of targets. Bengals are allowing the ninth most wide receiver yards this season, 173 per game. Uh, Mike and Tyrell Williams are both on the bench. The brothers Williams, Mike is touchdown dependent and has had four or fewer targets in nine straight games, and Tyrell is in top 50 yards since the London game in week seven, and game script says they'll get up big and slow down the offense. Philip Rivers, I'm still giving an A grade too. Bengals are allowing 289 yards per game uh, through the air oh, and two passing He's sitting touchdowns. on a monster game, Philip Rivers. And is. congratulations to the Rivers family as Mrs. Rivers is now pregnant with kid number nine. That's nine, nine times. Nine. Wow, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. <laughs> uh, I I got a hunch that Mrs. Rivers is not is a stay at home mom. I don't think I don't think she's working. Along with probably a nanny, and yeah, a right, several nannies. Yes, <laughs> a wet nurse. Uh, you just have the wet nurse on retainer and au pair. Yeah, always. Yes. Uh, Detroit takes on Arizona. We'll zip through this one quickly because there's not a lot to talk about from either team. Legarrette Blunt's my highest rated lion. He was my take a chance on me player, my running back. Uh, Matthew Stafford's on the bench. His issues include a bad back, the trade of Golden Tate, Marvin Jones' trip to IR. Two excellent pass defenders he faces in this game against Arizona, Patrick Peterson and Buda Baker. You put it all together, and it's a deeply uphill battle for Stafford. Just a C grade on Scott on Scott Fish's guy, Kenny Galladay. Maybe oh, that's possible. I can't Patrick uh, I, Peterson. I can't imagine Patrick Peterson not shadowing him. Right. Why wouldn't Patrick Peterson exactly. shadow him the whole game? Yep. So that's you know, you're basically dead right there. Peterson's only given up two touchdowns in his coverage all year. The average game against Patrick Peterson is twenty three yards. In his coverage, yeah. So that's I, tough. I, I have I have a C grade mostly because I was afraid Scott would come over here and punch me in the face. If I'd I get so mad grade. if you benched him. Right. Then to the Arizona side, the only uh, my only really positive player here is David Johnson. The Lions giving up a league worst five point one yards per carry to opposing backs, although much better since Snack Harrison arrived. They've also hey, given my up, cousin. That's right. They've also given up twenty plus carries to opposing backs three times, and in those games, the backs averaged hundred thirty rushing yards and a touchdown per game. Hopefully, David Johnson's going to get the twenty carries. I've got a, I've got an A grade on David Johnson for this one. Uh, can also be helpful through the air as well as you already know. Uh, the only other starting grade is is Larry Fitzgerald. He's got a very positive matchup in the slot against Nevin Lawson and Ortiz Tabor. But he's entirely touchdown dependent. He's topped 50 yards just once in the Josh Rosen era, Larry Fitzgerald. You can start him and hope for a score on his paltry three catches per game, but that's all you're you're getting from Larry Fitzgerald is that chance for a touchdown. And Josh Rosen's on the bench. He's thrown for less than 149 yards in three straight games. Think about that. Less than 149 yards in three straight games? How do you do that in the NFL these days? That's like Lamar Jackson. That is bad. (laughs) Uh, Final set of matchups coming up when we come back, including the Eagles. Do you trust Golden Tate now? Find out when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonnie's on The Fan. (laughs) 
edition of a playoff edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish, Matt Harrison with you. We've got a handful of uh, matchups to knock down, and then we'll get to your calls, lightning round, including uh, several people from out of town. Nice enough to hold for a long time, and I appreciate everybody's patience today. Scott, Philadelphia takes on Dallas. Golden Tate finally looked like the guy for the Eagles that he had been for the Lions, where he was a highly productive fantasy player. Do you think it continues into this game in a tougher matchup with Dallas? Right, and the and the nice thing is he's gained eight targets, eight targets, and seven targets last yeah. last three weeks. He's he's getting the targets. I do kind of think it continues, but the Cowboys have been pretty tough lately. They've allowed the second fewest receptions, fourth fewest yards, and third fewest touchdowns to wide receivers. I know so that's the problem. I only gave Tate a C grade. I think the targets yeah. might get him there though. I'm giving Wentz, you know, the the leader of the offense, I'm giving him a B grade. He had 360 and 2 against the Cowboys in Week 10. Mm -hmm. These two teams usually get up for each other, so I think that he might be able to overcome how good that Cowboys D has looked recently, especially against the Saints the other week. Right, and Matt Ryan held to a one-touchdown game. Yeah, so I, I think Wentz gets gets up for it just just enough for a B, and I think it spreads an, around a lot. You know, mm-hmm. Ertz is going to get the A grade. He had fourteen for one forty five and two against the Cowboys Dang. last time. Yeah. Uh, so. Although you know, this is an old John Habermeyer theory, and I think he's right. More often than not, when these um, when interdivisional rivals play mm-hmm. each other, if one thing you know caused you know, one one guy blew up. The next time they play, the defense plays just to take that that away. This right? is classic Ertz too, because and, and this is a different classic matchup. Ertz. But Ertz against Washington for like four years was awesome, mm-hmm. and then not good. Yeah, like against Washington, his December game against Washington every year was amazing. Uh, Aguilar's too inconsistent, so I have him on, him on the bench. Jeffrey, uh, he has between thirty and fifty yards and no touchdowns in five straight. Since the uh, since the Golden Tate trade, yeah. Alshon Jeffrey's average line. Three and a half catches, yep. 38 yards, no yep. scores. Exactly. 14 for 151 in that span. These tight ends have outscored him. C.J. Uzuma, Janu Smith, Vance McDonald, something named Ferkser for Tennessee, <laughs> Rhett Ellison, Tyler Higby. These these crap tight ends are outscoring, are outscoring Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey since yeah. Golden Tate came to town. Uh, I gave a B grade to, to Josh Adams, and I have Sproles on the bench. The B grade to Josh Adams is because he's chalked up 20-plus touches in consecutive games. <laughs> The yards per carry isn't great, but I, I got to give him a B on that amount of opportunity in an in-division game. Uh, on the other side, I give Prescott a C grade. Uh, since Week 7, only Drew Brees has had multiple touchdowns against Philly or over 300 yards. Multiple touchdowns or over 300 yards against Philly. That doesn't speak well, but Dak just had two of his best three games of the year. The defense is looking a lot better, which puts him on the field more, and he's tacking on rushing touchdowns. It's like all about crazy. the rushing touchdowns. In games in which Dak Prescott averages, or in games in which he gets the rushing touchdown, yeah. his, on average, He's quarterback eight. Unreal. If he does not get you a rushing touchdown, he's quarterback twenty-two. And luckily, if you want to know who quarterback twenty-two is this year, it's Blake Bortles. Gross. So if you do not get the rushing touchdown from Dak, you are starting Blake Bortles. That's how important it is to get the rushing touchdown. So he's got the C hoping for that. He's had five in the last seven games. So you gotta hope for it a little bit, but I think he'll, you know, be barely startable here. I gave Cooper and Zeke A's because mm. Cooper's averaging eight targets per game since joining the Cowboys. He's had seventy-five yards and/or a touchdown in four of those five. The Eagles are allowing the second most receptions and second most yards to wide receivers. Zeke's obvious. I don't yeah. think I need. To, yeah, no, that goes without saying. Yeah. Um, speaking of obvious plays, Pittsburgh takes on Oakland. Yeah. It's start all your Steelers, right? And A grades virtually across the board. 
virtually across the board. A for Antonio and Juju. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juju's averaging 108 yards per game over his last four weeks with half a touchdown per game. Ben gets an A grade. The home road splits do not exist anymore. The low yardage mark on the road this year is 270 yards, and he's thrown at least a touchdown in every game on the road. He's also had two rushing touchdowns in the last three road games. It's a little interesting. After two straight losses, the Steelers are looking at a Raiders defense that it's allowed the most passing scores in the league. Ben's going to get right. Vance McDonald, I'm giving an A grade. Six different tight ends have scored a touchdown on the Raiders in their last six games. Three different Colts and two different Chiefs tight ends scored against the Raiders in the Mm. last few weeks, too. As an emergency dart throw, Jesse James is not a terrible play. Uh, Jalen Samuels, he's getting a B. I gave Steven Ridley a C grade. James Connors out this week. The Steelers said they're going to go running back by committee. I do not believe them. They never have done that in Mike Tomlin's tenure there. Uh, Samuels, and Stephen Ridley sucks. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Samuels was a college running back, fullback, wide receiver, and tight end. Yes. He has the ability to be involved in the passing game, uh, and that's kind of a hallmark of the Steelers' running backs in the past. They're usually involved in the passing game. He mm-hmm. caught three balls for 20 and a score last week, along with the two carries he had. Oakland's allowing the most rushing yards per game to running backs, 130 per game, so Samuels is a pretty good start. Over on the other side, Here's the deal with the Raiders. Are you chasing the stats from last week? Because Jalen Richard and Doug Martin, Martin both looked good. Derek Carr was not a complete embarrassment. He had 285 and three scores last week against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. In fact, he hasn't thrown an interception since week five. That's wow. seven straight games. And the completion percentage is a very nice 69% on the season. Hmm. Jordy Nelson did not retire, had 10 catches for 97 yards. <laughs> Jared Cook had 100 yards in a score last week. That being said, every one of them is on the bench. The Steelers are a top 12 defense against passing yards allowed, rushing yards allowed, yards per carry, receptions for running backs, and receiving yards for running backs. And in their last five games, the Steelers rank in the top 10 in receiving yards allowed to wide receivers, tight ends, and touchdowns allowed to both of those positions as well. There's nothing to like here about a top 10 Steelers defense and a mediocre Oakland offense. Final matchup is the Monday night game. Vikings taking on the Seahawks. It's um plenty it's a meaty matchup and uh but we will still have plenty of time for lightning round. So I encourage you lines are full now, of course, but I encourage you to uh, dial in when you hear people drop. Uh with, let's begin with the passing game for the Vikings. Seahawks secondary has slumped over the past 6 games giving up over the past six, averages of 310 yards and two touchdowns. And more specifically, the Seahawks have allowed exactly two passing touchdowns in those six straight games, all of them two touchdowns. I think Kirk finds his way to at least two touchdowns here, which gives him a B grade. Uh, Kirk's uh, receivers have got positive matchups, and I've got A grades on both Diggs and Thielen. Diggs goes primarily up against Seattle cornerback Trey Flowers, who got ruined by Dante Pettis last week, and... Then if when he also sees Shaquille Griffin, he's given up a score in each of the last two. No team runs a higher percentage of pass plays than the Vikings, and Diggs is the more targeted of the two. So we'll go with Stefan Diggs in an A grade. Adam Thielen will primarily line up against slot cornerback Justin Coleman, who's just okay. Um, he's uh, over the last three games, he's uh, he's been good, but this is still a strongly positive matchup for Thielen, who has scored or topped 100 yards in 11 of 12 starts. Staying with the passing game, I've got a C grade on Kyle Rudolph. Teams are targeting their tight ends on just 16% of their passes against the Seahawks, which does not bode well. Uh, Kyle Rudolph's best games 
have come when Thielen and Diggs have each seen 10 or more targets, and Seattle's given up the six most passes per game over the last three games. So maybe there's just um, just the plethora of running game work will, or passing game work will ultimately help to Rudolph, but just to see great, and really I prefer you kept him on the bench. Let's go to uh, let's go to Dalvin Cook. Every Viking fan wants to see more of Dalvin Cook after last week when he averaged nine yards a carry. Since week nine against the Seahawks, every lead back has topped 100 yards and or scored except one. So if the pre- Seahawks' run defense has not been great. And I, you know, after last week, there feels like a mandate to get Dalvin Cook much more involved. I've got a B grade on him. I think they will do that here. Latavius Murray is touchdown dependent. We'll leave him on the bench. Let's go to the Seahawks side. Russell Wilson, it's for me, the whole thing depends on Trey Waynes. I've got a B grade on Wilson right now. I'd up I'd consider upgrading him to A if you told me Trey Waynes was not going to go in this matchup and he has not practiced yet, but it's a Monday nighter. There's still a chance he practices today. And if that happens, that opens up the door for Waynes potentially to uh to get something done in this in and get on the field for this matchup that's working his way through the concussion protocol. Now it's a tough matchup with the Vikings. Aside from that Rams meltdown in Week 4, the Vikings' average game against is just 230 passing yards and 0.9 passing touchdowns per game. That's it. Four of the past five quarterbacks to face the Vikings haven't even topped 199 passing yards. But for his part, Russell Wilson's been terrific. Multiple passing touchdowns in every game but one, including three or more scores in half of his starts. Now, what Russell's not doing anymore is rushing. He has no rushing touchdowns this year. They don't have designed rushing plays. He's got to get done with his arm in a tough matchup. But again, if Trey Waynes doesn't go, I like him more. And that brings us to Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett because that's the guy that you want Waynes on. Tyler Lockett is one of the fastest receivers in the league. Wayne's one of the faster cornerbacks in the league. That's a perfect one-on-one matchup for Trey Wayne's. Lockett parlays these three catches of games into scores better than anybody. He scored in nine different games this year. So if Wayne's can't go, Tyler Lockett's an A. If Wayne's does go, I drop Tyler Lockett down to a C. Doug Baldwin may not play after missing practice the last couple of games. Um, and he runs out of the slot, and he'll see a vastly improved Mackenzie Alexander either way. So if Baldwin goes, you know, maybe a C at best, but I don't know that he's going to play, and I think you're safer leaving him on the bench. Uh, also, David Moore, uh, I don't think you'll want to start in this matchup either. He's only playable in easy matchups. This is not one of them. Let's go to the running game. Since Week 8, the Vikings have only allowed two runners to score on the ground, um, and they haven't been playing scrubs over that time either. They've held Carrion Johnson in check, Jordan Howard, Sony Michelle. None of them found the end zone or top 3.8 yards per carry. Curse Car- uh, Carson's getting about two thirds of the snaps. And then the other third go to Penny and Davis. So you got to leave on the bench because they're just not getting enough work here. And the matchup's very difficult. A C grade on Carson, a bench grade on the others. That brings us to lightning round. Your calls, your toughest question between two players. One question between two players. We have plenty of time to get to a lot of you. I know this is a big week. This is the playoffs. You need a win, and we're here to help. We got to bring the A game advice here. Yeah, this week. all yeah all this year yeah. we've been coasting. Yeah, purposely giving out bad advice, waiting until the playoffs to give the good advice. Well, especially to people from Wisconsin too. Uh Ra, Josh in Philadelphia. Hello, thank you for your patience, Josh. Hey guys, no problem. Appreciate the uh, insight all year. No problem. Wilson or Winston? Scott? I think I have Wilson higher. Yeah, Wilson. 
I'm surprised. I don't. I'm worried about that Viking defense. <sighs> if we break the tie, I think it's Winston. You know, I like Winston, Winston was my take on. So yeah, you know, they're really close for me. You know, if you told me for sure Trey Waynes was out, I'm I'm listening to the Winston side. But we don't know right now, and I don't know if we're going to know by tomorrow morning when you got to make that that decision. Yeah, Josh, we're on Winston to play it safe. Thank you Thank for you listening gentlemen. from Philadelphia. I appreciate that. Uh, Tom, hello. Hello. Thanks for taking my call, gentlemen. I have a total strategy question to ask oh, the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. My opponent has Jameis Winston, and he is playing Godwin. I have Humphreys that I could throw in, or I could avoid that matchup and play Pettis from San Francisco. Which would you prefer to do, to play the receiver against your opponent's quarterback or go away from that team and take Pettis? Well, let me, Tom, 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 let me ask you this. If everybody just sort of plays out to the way they probably play out, do you think you're the favorite or are you the underdog? We Looking are at... exactly projected for the same score within two-tenths oh, of geez. a point in okay. a standard lead. Matt, what do you think? Uh, in that case, I think you go upside and you cheer against the Bucks hard. So I'd go Pettis and not, not play the Humphreys angle and just hope that uh, New Orleans just rolls. And actually, there's supposed to be some bad weather in that game. There's potential potential rain and weather concern. So, uh, yeah, I'd go Pettis. Dave, you're on the fan. Dave, hello. Yes, I'm here. All right. Blackberry guy. Hey, full point PPR, Austin Eckler or Aaron Jones? Aaron Jones. I love, he's in my, inside my top five this week, so we'll take Aaron Jones. Uh, and Blueberry guy. There, so. <laughs> Austin, hello. Uh, Justin Jackson or Mixon? That was Justin Jackson or Mixon, I believe. I think Justin Jackson's going to split just enough, and Mixon's going to get all the volume. It's a tough matchup, but I'd rather have Mixon. All right. Andrew, you're next. i go the other way. Andrew, hello. Tough point PPR. I've got LeSean McCoy or Adrian Peterson. Both of them are be great. McCoy or Adrian? How strongly do you feel in your your B grade of McCoy, Charge? Um, Actually, I feel pretty good. The Jets' defense is bad. All right, I'll. Uh, where, where do you have him in your ranks? Um, I, 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 hang on. This is close. I'd lean Adrian. I know you'd probably lean McCoy, but they're really, really tight. I've got um, I've got Adrian at twenty five, and I've got McCoy at thirty. All so right, let's go. go, Adrian. Okay. Uh, Matt, you're next. Hey guys, I'm starting Jack right now, but something's been bugging me all week to replace him in favor of Jameis. What do you think? I would. Here's yep. the problem, you know, Dak doesn't again. If he doesn't get the rushing score, he hurts you. Yeah, I take Jameis. So I think I would play. I'd play Jameis Winston in that one. Mark, you're next. Hi, um, Traquan Smith or Joe Mixon PPR. Wow, it's come to this for Joe Mixon. <sighs> wow, I'm such a Traquan Smith guy, and he's said so boomer bust. You so know what? So boomer bust. I, maybe Traquan Smith. <laughs> he's wow. not the safe call. He's not the safe well, call. There's nothing safe about the Bengals anymore right. either. It yeah. depends on what you need. Do you need yeah. the safety of 10 points from Joe Mixon, right. or do you need the upside, the upside of, of 20, 25 right. from Traquan? Yeah, I'd see it the go, same way. Go too. with Traquan. Uh, our second of three marks. Hello. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Mark? Standard lead, Chubb or Lindsay? Uh, I'm going to go Chubb. I don't like what the... Uh, 
what what it's looking like for the Broncos offense when when Emmanuel goes down. I think that whole offense has to run through Lindsey, and I think that they can stack the box against him. I still love Lindsey. I can't I can't not love Philip Lindsey. Chris, hello. Hi, uh, Tracon Smith or uh, Pettis. I'm going against the team with Goff, uh, Barkley, Jones, Devontae, and David Johnson. Wow, that's a good team. So he needs the upside. Yeah, but so they yeah, both have both good have upside. The upside. They both have good upside in this one. See, I, I would take Pettis. Three touchdowns in the last two games. Yeah. He gives you plenty of upside without all the risk that comes with Traquan Smith. Sure thing. Uh, Brad, you are next. Uh, yeah, full point PPR. Zay Jones or Allen Robinson? Okay. Oh, I, I like Zay Jones far more. Even though Chicago should be playing from behind a little bit and they're going to need the offense, I like Zay Jones a lot this week. Mark, you're on the fan? For the playoffs, Baker or Lamar. Sorry, say it one more time. Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson uh, for the playoffs. Ooh, okay. that's tight. Uh, Baker Mayfield, you take a chance. I mean, guy, yeah. Lamar Jackson has been a top five fantasy quarterback since taking over. I go Lamar. I think there's safety there. Yeah, there is a certain amount of safety with a rushing quarterback whose downside feels like 60 rushing yards. Well, and his his matchups a lot better too. Uh, Dave, you are next. Okay, standard league Landry or Tate's. I have Wentz starting a quarterback. Landry's got a fantastic matchup, and we saw signs of life last week. I'm taking Jarvis Landry in this one. Josh, you're next. Yeah, uh, I need two wide receivers: Tyler Boyd, Traquan Smith, or why? It's Gold a bet. Yeah, you know, it's been the same rules for three years, Josh. I'm sorry. It's one question between two guys. Scott, you are next. Yeah, standard scoring: Kelsey or Ertz. Oh, jeez! <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> By the way, we talked earlier in the show about how in the first round those two guys are going to go. A lot of people are going to try to take both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I would totally understand Deplete that. the player pool. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I guess Kelsey. Yep, that's where I'm going. I'd go Kelsey, too. Uh, Ravens are a good defense. They're a great defense. The one weakness with the Ravens, tight end. As I mentioned earlier in the show, they've given up tight end touchdowns in five of the last six weeks. And it's the second meeting against Dallas. Dallas might just sell out to Stoppers. Lavelle? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, good. Don't laugh at my selection. The un the unmotivated Matt Stafford or Case Keenum. Oh no, really? You should get down to I Fort Myers it. really quick and just just I set up camp because your season's over. <laughs> Man, I, <know. laughs> I I can't I can't start Case. I can't start Case this week. No yeah. Emmanuel Sanders. Stafford against the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah I can't do Cardinal it. Cardinal Sutton, no. I know. Well, there's that, but oh, I'll, 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 how about Kenny Galladay? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. See or Sutton and raise you a Galladay. Correct. Well, um, obviously, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I have a team that's a wild card team, so it's obvious when I have Matt Stafford as my quarterback. Bye, Lavelle. Thanks for checking in. Goodbye. I appreciate it. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast, KFAN Fan On Demand, also available on iTunes. And thank you for everybody who takes the time to leave ratings and reviews. It helps everybody around the country find the show. Very important for us. Uh, Good luck in the playoffs, everybody. I hope you're listening next week because you've advanced to round number two of your playoffs. Talk to you then, everybody. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Fan.